again, we're just all so glad you're here. Uh, we have a special guest speaker, another one of our, our missionary friends, but uh, he's, he's a born native um, a Kenyan brother, and we're so excited to have Pastor Ismail with us. Uh, it was probably about two, is it two and a half years ago? Three, is it three years, about three years ago? Yeah, have mercy. Three, yeah, um, Pastor Ismail walked in the door and he had this huge smile. Uh, he was here uh, visiting uh, David and Kim and spending time with them. He had met them through a conference or something and uh, has just been coming back every year here to Jacksonville and been here with us for the past few years. He was a part of one of our Here for Good events, and he's, uh, I always want to give him the opportunity to, to share and speak uh, what God's doing there, but most importantly to share a, a word uh, to you that I know is going to be a blessing. And so uh, just for you, those of you that have no idea who he is, he pastors a church just outside the slums of Nakuru, Kenya. And uh, God put it on his heart, he'll explain more about this, to take home a child um, that was uh, orphaned on the side of the road, uh, basically, that had nowhere to go. And he, under the Lord's leading, uh, and then later with permission of his wife, to bring that child into his home. And from there, they just, <laughs> is that right? And then, and then later, um, they started an orphanage, and now they have 23 or 24, 21 now, 21 um, children, and they're almost at the completion of a building project that you've sewed into for the past few years, just constantly poured into, and uh, they're o- they'll be able to like triple or quadruple the amount of kids that uh, that they're housing. So we're just so thankful that he's here. You're going to have an opportunity to give uh, a just a heads up later on in the service. But will you uh, help me welcome my brother, Pastor Ismail Wagongo from Kenya? So glad you're here. Amen. I'm so glad to be here today. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Carol. I'm so excited today to be here with you and uh, really want to thank Pastor Kai and Terrain for, for inviting me once again to come and be with you in this wonderful church service today. I also want to thank um, my also my good friends like Pastor Kyle and Pastor Kyle and Turin, my good friends, Pastor David and and, and, and and no brother David. I'm sorry, maybe might be a pastor sometimes. You never know <laughs> when he retires from 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 his job. Anyway, brother Dave and and and, and Kim for hosting me for this one week uh, during my visit in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> I also want to thank God for the missionaries from Guatemala. I met them this morning, and uh, it was a blessing to get to, you know, to have some, some little talk with them. It really blessed my heart with what God is doing through your lives in Guatemala. God bless you very much. Um, people tend to think that uh, people from Africa, when they speak English, they speak with a very... Um, I mean, the accent is like a little bit funny. But anyway, <laughs> I hope you'll understand my accent when I speak English. Amen? Amen. Amen. I was talking with a friend here in America a couple of years ago, and I was, we were riding in his, in his car. And uh, in the process of talking, this friend of mine was telling me this, Pastor Ismail, how do you think it's going to be in heaven? And I, s- I asked him, what do you mean by that? And he told me, uh, 
do you think there are going to be some changes with, with, with you, like how you look like? Huh. And I told him, you know what? When I get to heaven, I'm going to maintain my color of the skin. And the other thing that I told him, I'm going to tell God, please, I need my hair back. <laughs> because uh, I would love to look young when I'm in heaven. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, it's going to be good in heaven. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I'm a pastor. I pastor a church in Kenya. Kenya is on the eastern part of Africa, closer to Tanzania and Uganda. God was able to lead me to start this church in the slums, where there are a lot of very, very poor people. They tend to think that God has forgotten them. And before God led me to start this church in the slums, I used to work with a church organization called Kenya City Mission Fellowship as an associate pastor. And by the grace of the Lord, God spoke to my heart and he told me, son, I want you to go and plant a church in the slums of Pondamali. And I said, oh God, if you are leading me to go and start a church in the slums, I'm not going to object it. And I remember I, I went to my, my bishop who was like the head of the church that I was serving to, I was serving on. And I told him, uh, Bishop, the Lord is leading me to go and start a church in the slums. And he told me, are you sure that God is leading you to go and start a church in the slums? I, I told him, yes. And he told me, okay, I'm going to pray and release you with my blessings so that when you go to the slums, God may use you. And I remember sharing the same thing with my friends who are also pastors in Nakuru. I told them that God is leading me to go and start a church in the slums. And they told me, you know what, you are not going to survive in the slums because people that live in the slums, they are extremely poor. They don't have no money. And they will not have enough money to support you in the slums. And I told my friends that, you know what, the Bible says that we should seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and other things shall be added unto us. So I decided to go to the slums with the support from heaven. And I want to tell you this, God, by his faithfulness, he has never disappointed me since I obeyed his voice and went ahead to the slums to start this church. And I'm glad because we've been able to win so many souls into the kingdom of God. And we always, I always teach these people, telling them that God has not forgotten them. He loves them very, very much. Amen? And the other thing that God led me to start was an orphanage. And I'm sure those that were here last year, you were able to hear what, what I was able to share with you about the orphanage, how God led me to start it. And I'm going to be very brief today. Just want to let you know that we are still continuing helping, helping these orphans. We still do have 21 orphans. We've rented two apartments for them, one for the boys, one for the girls. And I really want to thank God very much for this church, for standing with us and supporting us all the time, sending us money to help with these orphans. I really want to salute you very, very much because your help 
is very, very important to what we are doing for the kingdom of God with these kids. When we are able to provide them with some food to eat, we thank God for what you're doing. And when we are able even to give them clothes so that they may, put, they may cover their, their body with clothes, we thank God for all the support from here. So I want to thank you so very, very much for every support that we receive from this church. Thank you so much. We are putting up a building which will house 100 orphans when it's completed. Right now, we've completed putting the, the, the ceiling. And uh, I thank God for the far <laughs> that God has enabled us to go with this building. You know, the Bible says we should not despise days of small beginning. So God, by, by the grace of God, we're going to make it in Jesus' name. And this building is going to be completed and we'll be able to rescue a lot of orphans that live on the street. Most of them, they don't have parents. I mean, quite a number of them, they don't have parents. Their fathers and mothers have died of HIV and AIDS. So they live on the street. And on the street, life is very, very difficult because what they normally do on the street they normally beg people to give them some money. And most of the people are very, very, uh, I mean, they don't like them. Most of the people on the street, they don't like them. They're very, very mean to these street boys. Sometimes they give them very little money, which cannot enable them to buy some food. So they normally go and buy some glue from the people that repair shoe on the street. And they sniff the glue. The reason why they sniff the glue, they want to feel their empty tummy with some gas. So that, yeah, with some gas like, okay, now my, my, my tummy is full, but no food, it's just gas. And the, the, the reason number two why they sniff the glue, they want to get high. And after they, 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 they get high, they forget about their father and mother that have died. But I thank God we always reach them on the street with the word of God that brings hope to them. And the other thing that we've started with me and my wife, every Saturday, we bring these street boys to our church. We normally hire a van which will go to the street, get them from the street to our church. My wife and myself, we teach them how to read and write, and we also teach them the word of God. And I've, I've seen the good fruit out of what we are doing with that program. Amen. So please, Continue to pray with us because your prayer is very, very important. Amen. Glory to God. I'm not going to take much of your time. I'm going to be very brief. But I believe that the word of God that I'm going to share with you to, to this morning will be a blessing to all of us. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Amen. Amen. Um, pro you can read with me on, on, you can turn with me to your Bibles. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Eighteen, verse 21. Death and life are on the power of the tongue. Death and life are on the power of the tongue. 
there was this guy that comes from my village in Kenya. And he became sick. God led me to go and pray for him. When I approached him and I asked him permission to pray with him, he told me, Pastor Ishmael, I don't think I'm going to recover. I told him, why are you saying that you don't think you are going to recover? He told me that he was bewitched. Some witch doctor had thrown some witchcraft towards him. He was so frail. He tried to, to, to go to different hospitals to get some medication that could, that could make his body recover or well again, but it never worked. So I told him, my friend, Jesus Christ that I serve, the power that he has will heal you today if you believe. He told me, no, I don't think I'm going to recover. What I'm trying to say is this. This guy, what you're speaking, was negative, not positive. You see, when the devil wants to try to do something in your life, and you have a God that you serve, you must have confidence that the word of God that lives from the inside of you will help you to conquer. But the problem with so many of us, sometimes the things that the enemy does into our lives scares us, brings some fear upon our life to the point of us confessing or speaking the words that will allow the enemy to attack us. When this guy told me that he don't think that he will recover and he did not need my prayers because he thought that, okay, now I'm, 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 I'm going to die. And in fact, eventually, he died. He died. The enemy will make you to fear. And I want to tell you this. The Bible says, greater is he that lives from the inside of us than the devil on the earth. If Jesus Christ lives from the inside of you, you don't need to confess negative. You don't need, you, you cannot allow the words that come from your mouth to be negative. It should be positive. God is able to do all things. Amen. It should be positive. All the time when I'm in Africa, I walk with a lot of confidence because I know that the God that I serve is able to do all things. He has given me power over the... He has given me power and every power of darkness is under my feet in Jesus' name. So I'm not gonna... I cannot be afraid of what the devil can do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Positive confession is very important. And what I've come to realize, for us to have a positive confession, 
we must be we must have a hundred percent confidence to the God that we serve. Because if you doubt God, the enemies, the enemy will put some doubt in your heart. And what doubt will do, doubt will force you to confess a positive confession. I mean a negative confession, not a positive confession. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. God is good all the time. I remember I was visiting a friend here in America and when I was when I, when I walked up in the morning as usual I like to pray. And as I was praying it's like my prayer was not penetrating. And then the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart. And the Spirit of the Lord told me, Son, I want you to lift your head up and look to the wall on the left side. And immediately when I lifted my head up and I looked to the left side of the wall, I saw a carving, an African carving of a face of an African hanging on the wall. And the Holy Spirit told me, you see that carving? It was, it, okay, it was bought from Africa by these friends of mine that lives near here in America. And the Holy Spirit told me that this carving has got some evil power behind it. And that's the reason why when you pray, your prayer is not penetrating. And I stopped praying. I went to my friend. I told him, Okay, I know that when you bought this carving from Africa, you are very, very innocent. You did not know what was behind this carving. But the Spirit of the Lord is asking me to tell you to remove it from the wall and go and burn it. And if you will obey to do that, there's going to be a breakthrough in your life. God will open the doors of heaven, I mean the, the windows of heaven, and is going to bless you. So he was, he was uh, kind enough to hearken to what I told, I told him. And he removed the carving from the wall. And he went and burnt it. Let me tell you something. You know, sometimes you could be inviting evil spirit in your house without you knowing. With some stuff that you allow to purchase from the stores into your homes. Number one, you might have a t-shirt, a nice t-shirt that maybe you bought from the store and is having a skull, a skull or a, a picture of a skeleton. But to you, it's, it's okay. You'll just think that this is normal. But you know what a skull represents? Death. I'm telling you, a skull represents death. And when you walk with a t-shirt, having a skull, a picture of a skull, it's like you are inviting, you are trying to, in, to make yourself being connected with the devil. I'm telling you. So we must be very, very careful 
with what we, we allow to have in our lives. Amen? Amen. Skull. Skeleton. I was, I was visiting a friend of mine and it was, it was like approaching Halloween. Halloween? Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, Halloween holiday. And you know what? As I was approaching the, the, the door, my friend opened the door. Immediately when I entered inside, man, I was scared. It was a big skeleton. And it was like singing and dancing. And I was like, God have mercy. Christians should be having some gospel music in their homes. They should not allow skeletons to sing some songs in their houses. And I was like, God, I don't want to offend my friend, but I'm praying that you may speak to his heart and let him know that he's not supposed to stay with skeletons in his house. He needs Jesus Christ in his house. Amen? Oh, yeah. He needs Jesus Christ in his house. And I was also with this friend of mine, two pastors from North Carolina. One of them told me, Pastor Ishmael, I'm going to take you to a nice restaurant. And I'm going to buy you some good food. Man, expect some good food today. And I said, thank you, sir. So me and, my, me and these two pastors, we went to, the, to this nice restaurant. You know, I like chicken. I'm telling you that that restaurant had a very, very good chicken. Fried chicken. Fried chicken in Kenya, we call it in Kiswahili, kuku karanga. Kuku karanga. But I, I was told that kuku in America is somebody that is crazy. <laughs> kuku. And I said, oh my God. Anyway, if I eat this kuku karanga, it's going to be well with me because I'm not crazy. It's not going to make me crazy. To make the story short, after we were in this restaurant, we, I, I ordered myself fried chicken and some other food. And this other friend of mine also had ordered some, some good food. As we were eating, one of the pastors that had invited me to this restaurant, he told me, Pastor Ismail, hold on to your fork because a dessert is coming. Hold on to your fork. Is that a good English? Or holding on to your fork? Sorry? Thank you, sir. Man, I'm in the process of learning English. Hold on to your fork. Oh, fork. And when he told me to hold on to my fork, God immediately spoke to my heart and told me, hold on to my word. Oh my God, hold on to my word. And then this friend of mine continued with this story. He told me the reason why he's telling me to hold on to his fork. He told me that there was another old lady who used to like eating a lot. She used to like eating all the time. 
and she was always holding on to her fork. And she told her family that when I'm gonna dead, I'm gonna be dead, remember to bury me with my fork. I'm gonna let you make sure when I'm I'm, I'm laid on that coffin. Make sure my hands, my two hands are ho holding on to the fork like that in the, in the coffin. And I was like, <laughs> it scared me a little bit. Anyway, and I said, oh my God, this lady, she was very, very unfortunate because she died holding on to the fork and she was buried. She went to the grave holding on to her fork. And God told me, son, if you will hold on to my word, my word will be a key to open all the doors of the good things that you need in this life. If you're going to hold on to my word. Let me tell you something. Many people that are that profess to be born again, they don't want to hold on to the word of God. They hold on to so many other things and not the word of God. And the reason why, let me tell you, the, reason, the, the danger of holding on to other things, it exposes you, exposes you, exposes you, thank you for correcting me, to the attacks of the enemy. Because if, if, if the word of God is not from, is not, it does not if, if God's word does not have a room inside of your heart, you are vulnerable to the enemy. I'm telling you, that's the reason why most of the, most of, most of quite a number of people from the western country they're a little bit scared when they when when it's about when when God is sending them to Africa. They don't want to go to Africa. And they're saying this God, please, I know that you are my God. And I just want I want kindly to ask you instead of sending me to Africa, send me to California. I'm going to be safe in California. But I don't think I can be safe in Africa. If you hold on to the word of God, the word of God will provide protection over your life. The word of God will be a shield to you. But if you hold on to the fork, man, you're going to be in a big danger. What I mean by holding on to the fork is this. You know, people don't want to give God a room in their hearts. They are giving other things rooms in their hearts. That's the reason why the presence of God cannot go with them. The presence, the presence of God cannot accompany them. But if you hold on to the word of God, God's presence will accompany you. And God will go before you. But if 
you don't want to hold on to the word of God, you're going to be in a big danger. Amen? Holding on to the word of God. Glory to God. I've learned all the time, and this is what I've been asking God to help me to do. Always asking God to help me to give his word the first priority in my heart or over my life. Because if I do that, God will fight my battle. He will make sure that all of my enemies are under my feet. So if you want God to fight your battle, if you want to experience God in your life, don't hold on to the fork, but hold on to the word of God. People that are holding on to the fork, other things, they don't have the love of God in their lives, in their heart. They don't love people. I remember a guy, he, he normally, he, he has got a church that he goes to. He came to me and he told me, Pastor Ishmael, I hate you. I hate you. And I was like, God, I can hear the devil speaking through this guy. Because the devil is the one that hates people, but God loves people. And I said, I'm going to forgive him. He said, I forgive you. I forgive you in Jesus' name. And may the love of God reign in your heart. Amen. Amen. God is love. I want to see with the eyes of Jesus Christ. I want God to use my hands to do the kingdom stuffs. I want God to use my lips to speak his oracles. I want God to use me to bring people into his kingdom. And God cannot use me to bring people into his kingdom if I'm holding on to the fork. There are people that are dying, holding on to unforgiveness, hate. You die and they bury you with hatred. Is that correct? They bury you holding on to the <laughs> holding on to that fork of hatred. But that those people that when they're gonna be gone, they will go holding on to the word of God. I want to hold on to the word of God. And I want you to hold on to the word of God. He's a good God. Amen. He's a good God. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. May God bless you. May God keep you safe all the days of your lives. Pastor Kyle and Terrain, I really thank God for what God is doing through the two of you. And this is what the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you. That God is so much impressed with you serving him. And he will renew your strength. And he'll make you to reach to that other side, not by your strength, by his strength. He will go before you. God will fight your battle. 
yeah, your heart is after God. And may God bless you, you together with your wife, and continue serving him. It's always touches the heart of God to see people of your caliber that really wants that strong connection, that strong intimate relationship with God. And that's all about, that's exactly what, that's exactly what is happening with, with, with you and your wife. All that you need, all that you want in your life is the intimate connection, intimate relationship with God. And that touches the heart of God. And God has, has seen that. And God will bless you. And God will increase his anointing over your life. And from now henceforth, there are going to be some new things happening to your lives. I don't, know, I, I, don't know, I don't know exactly what things, but God knows them. Things that will make you to rejoice, to have joy in your heart. God will start to do them for your behalf. For your behalf. May God bless you. I want all of us to stand on our feet as we come to the conclusion of this. The reason why sometimes we don't have the right confession that comes from our lips is because of the doubt that we have in our hearts towards the God that we serve. And if we could not be doubting God, then what, what would be coming from our lips will be the words that will be positive, not negative. Positive confession, not negative confession. There are people that believe that God was able to heal the sick during the days of the apostles. And they don't believe that the miracles and wonders are still happening. The reason why they don't believe, they don't have the presence of God. They don't have the word of God. If you have the word of God inside of you, all things will be possible. The Bible says greater is he that lives from the inside of us, that lives from the inside of me, that lives from the inside of you, than the devil on this earth. And if Jesus Christ lives from the inside of you, nothing will be impossible with you. He lives from the inside of you. When you rebuke the enemy, it's not you, it's not by your power, but by the power of God that is alive inside of you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want to thank you for this opportunity that you've given all of us to be in your presence today. I pray for my brothers and sisters, O oh God, especially those that have been doubting your word. They don't believe that you can do it, O oh God. I'm asking you by your Holy Spirit 
that show up upon their lives in a special way. Let them know that there is only one God that is supposed to be served. The God who created heaven and earth. You are the one, oh God. You are Emmanuel, God with us. Father, I pray even for those that, they're, they're, those that, have, those that are having very little faith and those that are having no faith in you. Today, Father, increase their faith in you, O oh God. Because your word says without, with, without faith we cannot please you. Father, increase our faith today. In the name of Jesus Christ, increase our faith. I also want to pray for those that are sick. Stretch forth your mighty hand, O oh God. Touch them wherever they are sick, O oh Father. Touch them wherever the sickness is in their body. In the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority and power over every sickness and disease in the bodies of these men and women of God. I command sickness and disease, disease to be gone right now in Jesus' holy name. Father, I thank you because you've already done it. I want to say this, O oh God, that you may receive all the glory and honor because you are our healer. Thank you so very much. I also pray for the, for the entire family of this church. Asking you to bless them. Asking you to protect them, oh God. Those that are having no joy in their hearts, restore back your joy inside of their hearts, oh God, that they may rejoice in the Lord God, their Father. We thank you so very much. I also thank you for having allowed me to speak to these wonderful men and women of God. Thank you for your word, oh Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God bless you.